Blog Talk Radio. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft Wicked witchcraft And although I know It's strictly taboo Welcome to another edition of Archivist Best on Sexy Witches, a geek podcast from the geek girl perspective, and I am the head huntress, and it's been a month that we are so glad to be back on the air, and it is Halloween, so happy Halloween, happy sewing, happy Days of the Dead, happy whatever you celebrate this time of year, it's fall, there's color change, there's pumpkin spice and pies, there's cider everywhere, and kids and adults are dressing up in all their favorite costumes, and of course, we are the sexy witches, so this time of year is particularly a special time of year for us because it's all about witchcraft. So let me introduce my sexy witches, and let me go right into it because in a few minutes our host is already on the line. So let me introduce our sexy witches tonight. Uh, it's witchcraft, that crazy witchcraft, and although. The first sexy witch resides in Clifton Forge, Virginia, a regular on the East Coast Horror Con circuit and my partner in crime. She's a horror fan and a self-professed super fan of the Marvel Universe, and she's a featured zombie in Plan 9 from Outer Space remake that came out on Amazon Prime, if you haven't. Please welcome to the show my sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. How are you doing, sweetie? I'm doing lovely, and yourself? Oh, I'm doing fine. Happy Halloween to you, dearie. Happy Halloween. It's our season. It is the season, and of course, we got madness to talk about tonight as well. So, uh, but let me bring on our other sexy witch, and she is located in Seattle, Washington. She's a writer for Living Dead magazine, an aspiring filmmaker, published author. She's a horror film geek to the extreme and a regular participant in live action role plays. Look for her wolfy attitude and personal writings on her popular blog and YouTube channel. Please welcome to the show, the sexy were witch, Queenie Todd. How are you doing, sweetie? Oh, I'm feeling great. It's my freaking mug. <laughs> I'm a queen of Halloween. I like it. Oh. That was the best howl you've done in ages, girl. I am so happy you're doing well. Uh, I'm feeling the spirit. I'm feeling the spirit. We, we, we could end the show right now, and we would have a perfect show. But <laughs> not end the show right now. So No, I got let, let's to talk move about. on. I, all right, that's all, folks. See you later. <laughs> We're going to bring on one of my favorite, you know, last year we did an all-star Halloween broadcast with a lot of our favorite bloggers calling in, and of course, horror host Count Gore Duvall was very, very 
generous and offered us a bunch of his time and saved my show when I actually dropped out. Like my, my mic went dead, everything went dead. And he like, he filled in the gap while I came back on. So thank you count for that. So I like to have horror hosts on for every Halloween. Cause I started my love for Halloween, my love for horror films all started watching Bob Wilkins in the San Francisco Bay Area where I grew up. And, well, I'm going to talk, bring on this guy, too, because he has a lot to talk about on the subject because he's a horror host. And so let me bring him on. What song should we use for him, ladies? You, you made the um, – everyone needs a good theme song. Quick, give me a quick theme song for him. You know what we uploaded? How about <laughs> – You might want to Brains. Right? How about Purple Teeth's ear because he loves that well, era. It reminds me of that. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah, when you're okay. evil. Let's do Purple Teeth. <laughs> oh, we'll do When You're Evil too. I promise, Katie. I promise. All right, so I'm bringing on my guest host tonight, and uh, he's a horror host and producer of Cinema Insomnia. He was mentored, like I said, by my hero, uh, Bob Wilkins in in the San Francisco Bay Area, and so that makes me him, oh my God, so cool. Um, See his films, like he was in Plan 9 from Outer Space as well as as our sexy, which Aaron Marie, matter of fact, he plays Criswell, so that's pretty cool. And look for him on Roku. He's on channels like Red Eye and Tesla Wolf Media, and my one of my favorites was Zombie, which is Z O M B E E. I use I use that quite a bit. Um, also, you can meet him live sometimes. He's frequently as a guest of the Colonial Theater, and of course, is one of the hosts of Podcast. So please welcome to the show the very special horror host, Mr. Lobo. Hello, sir. You're on with the Sexy Witches. How are you doing? Uh, greetings, greetings, sexy witches. Uh, this is Mr. Lobo. It is certainly uh, a pleasure to be uh, the only rooster in the hen house this evening. Oh, well, <laughs> well that's you're right. You are to join us. <laughs> that's why we're the sexy witches. So, uh, so, sir, uh, I thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And also, both Aaron, my Marie, myself loved. Blobfest, we had such a great time, and you were definitely part of the reason why we had such a great time at Blobfest. So thank you for that as well. Uh, and um, for people that don't know, uh, even though most of, a lot of us East Coasters do know who you are, but let's just say there's we, we have an international audience. So why don't you give yourself a little bit of like maybe two people in Europe? That's our international audience. But anyway, please, well, oh yeah, sure. Talk, I think talk I know those two people. <laughs> you probably do. Uh, talk about the horror host scene and what that's like and how you got into it and a little bit about Bob Wilkins, if you would, please, because, uh, you know, we had this wonderful conversation um, sure, over coffee sure. about him. And everyone, I always talk him up, So, but you can talk him up better than anybody else. I, I will I will try, and I will tell you, I'll try to get the Reader's Digest version to get everybody up to speed. Um, uh, I started out uh, in Northern California. I grew up uh, in both Sacramento and San Francisco, and Bob Wilkins had a show in both markets. He had the Bob Wilkins show in Sacramento, and he had um, the uh, Creature Features in the Bay Area. And uh, so I got to enjoy both programs, especially when the wind was blowing just right. You could get them both. Um, That was back in the days of uh, antenna television, of course. Um, But uh, Bob was kind of, uh, you know, he was not, he was kind of uh, counterculture in the way that he was not a ghoul. He was not a vampire. 
Uh, he was just a big dork. He had his glasses and a suit and a cigar, and he sat in a big yellow rocking chair. And uh, he, he was just a cool guy that you'd want to spend a, a Saturday evening with. And he was really funny. He told a lot of jokes. Uh, usually he would, he, would, he would knock the movies pretty hard. He'd tell you not to watch the movie. He'd, re- he'd get out the TV guide and read all the better things that were on the other channel that you should be watching. <laughs> Uh, he would, he, you know, uh, he was a really, he had a dry sense of humor, really funny. I never thought I'd get to meet the man, uh, but he was my hero uh, growing up. Um, and then uh, in the 90s, I wrote for a magazine called Planet X. And at that same time, I was doing some comedy and we were doing local film shows uh, at, at uh, nightclubs and bars where we would uh, show uh, cartoons and horror movies to a bunch of drunk people. I'm sure you don't know what that's like, but anyway, um, we had um, we had um, a, a, a screening of uh, it came from outer space and hardware wars and a bunch of stuff that they used to show on creature features. And we had interviewed Bob for the magazine, and we decided to have Bob come out and host movies like he used to, only with a live audience. And uh, I produced two shows with Bob, live shows, and he encouraged me to. Um, produce my own show, which at the time I thought was not on the table in my life. I thought, you know, this is when we were, this is from when we were kids. They don't do this sort of thing anymore, Bob, that kind of thing. But four years later, I uh, got a job at a ABC television station and they had a movie at three in the morning. This is 2001. Now Uh, they had a movie at three in the morning that ran 20 minutes short. And because of Bob's encouragement, I um, presented them with a concept for a show to wrap around the 3 a.m. movie uh, on this small ABC affiliate station. And it, it, it grew and very, got very popular. We had 20,000 uh, homes watching at 3 in the morning in the Sacramento market. And then I went into That's syndication, cool. uh, you know, and we, we were on in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we were tying the X-Files reruns on Channel 36 uh, at, at, at one in the morning. Um, and, uh, then I went into, uh, like I said, went into syndication. I was in, uh, 35 television markets across the country and with the show called cinema insomnia. That's my show cinema insomnia, which was picked up by zombie TV, which is a streaming channel, which is, we're getting a little closer to the present. Uh, but zombie TV (laughs) is no more. Zombie TV was (laughs) zombie TV is no more. Unfortunately, but we were still having fun, and so we have, I have my own streaming channel now called OSI 74, um, which OSI has lots 74. of OSI 74. OSI 74, and it's like a weird U- – it's, it's kind of like those weird UHF stations we used to watch in the 70s and 80s. Um, and it, we have many, many horror hosts um, other than myself. Um, I mean, even Count Gordoval has appeared on the channel. Um, we've also had um, – uh, Carlos Borloff and J- John Dimes is Dr. Sarcophagi and Bunny Galore, who's a London horror hostess and um, uh, Ormond Grimsby, a monster creature feature. Uh, and uh, we have Gula Gogo from New York on the channel. There's a lot of, a lot of my friends, basically I called in 15 years worth of favors and um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of really cool, weird stuff on OSI 74 and um, we've, we've been doing it for a year now 
we have uh, 40,000 subscribers and millions of plays. So people like this stuff. So we're, 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 we're doing good with it. And of course, uh, Blobfest was, was kind of a cool thing that just, I stumbled into. I was just a guy selling merchandise at a table. And one year, uh, uh, the regular host didn't show up and they just, is there a horror host in the house? And I said, uh, uh, yeah, sure. That was pretty much it. I jumped up on stage and started interviewing people and warming up the crowd. And, and for the past four or five years, they've been asking me back to keep doing it. And, uh, um, and of course they pay me now, but you know, in the beginning it was just a lark and uh, it just turned out really well. So um, I, I love it. I love love fest. It was always on my bucket list of, of events I, I would want to do. Who doesn't want to run out of the, colonial theater with the blob chasing you you know it, so. it's on my bucket list i just crossed it off this year that was been high on my bucket list for most of my life <laughs> I, I i actually well, good. on my top 10 films is the blob i absolutely love the blob i think the blob is a great film i'm in in its camp in in its message and so many other levels we could go on we've done that show <laughs> we don't do that show right now Sure, uh, but, sure. Uh, it is like, great. It's the know, only movie where they believe the teenagers do. I always love that. Oh yeah, the only I, I know. Movie I can, where they actually believe the teenagers. I get that whole you know, hosting I, thing too, because when when you were looking for people to to go up and and do the Queen of Mars things, and it just looks like you weren't going to get anybody. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to jump on stage. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. We need troopers, you know. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of times people aren't used to the audience participation, modern audiences, especially it's, it's definitely hard to get, uh, uh, uh it, it depends, you know, once you kind of are, do it for a while in a particular area or with a particular theater on a regular basis, the audience gets more and more, um, you know, uh, used to that, uh, the idea of audience participation at a movie, you know, uh, speaking of audience participation, since you're a Bay Area brat like myself, did you ever get to go see Indecent Exposure do their Rocky Horror Picture Show run in the UC Theater? Yes, I have. And we did, they did a show in Sacramento uh, uh, once, too, uh, that I hosted. Um, and they're great. Absolutely great. Those One of the best my, casts They were ever. my peeps. Those were my peeps. I, I, that was, uh, that I worked tech in the back. My friends were tech. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, my friend was roommates with Landry who played Frankenfurter. Uh, for people who don't oh, know, okay. in exposure, a lot of people don't realize that Rocky Horror Picture Shows, everyone thinks of New York and New York had a really successful run, but it wasn't that long. It was only like, what it, it landed in the 80s indecent exposure ran almost to the late 90s and was the longest running single casting of rocky horror picture shows so i know a lot about rocky horror picture shows and i know that you grew there so everyone was like a rite of passage in the bay area to go to this thing uh, you know everyone has their sexual awakening at the rocky horror picture show right sure my my <laughs> my, my first girlfriend was a janet absolutely yep Oh, fabulous. That's so great. Uh, you know, and it's so funny because this is another small world. You mentioned Hardware Wars. I went to high school with Eric and Pete Facilius, which were the nephews of the guy Oh, yeah. Of Ernie, Ernie, yeah. Yeah, Ernie Facilius. Yeah, Ernie is, is, yeah. Is, has, over the years, has become a great friend of mine, and he's directed several episodes of Cinema Insomnia. He's a really cool guy. Okay. Fabulous. It's these small worlds, like, you know, I, I, we've been 
12 and not at the same time. So it's pretty yes. awesome. So Almost colliding I, I orbits, but not quite. <laughs> not quite. You know, but we're like fellow asteroids, you know, that have been bumped mm-hmm, out of orbit mm-hmm. slightly, you know. <laughs> anyway, let's go on right. with the metaphor. So I brought up the Rocky Horror Picture Show because we have a lot to talk about. And as a horror host, and and definitely, you know, a, a lover of hor- of classic horror cinema and camp as well. We have a controversy here amongst us and the sexy witches about the new show, the one that was on television. And I was wondering, did you get to see it? And would you like to talk about it, or do we just uh, not want to talk about it right now? <laughs> well, I, I tell you, I, I can't say a whole lot. I started watching it, um, and for whatever <laughs> reason, I think my my Hulu was rejecting it. I just, it just, it just kept burping and not starting. And not starting. You know, I, I, I thought that the intro with the literal, the literal movie posters, even though that's kind of good to sh- clue people in as to what movies they're talking about in that intro, I felt that was a little too on the nose and too trite. Um, but uh, I, and I thought that the music in it, uh, didn't add anything. I didn't think the music was particularly bad. I just didn't feel like it, it almost sounded like a karaoke um, version of the songs. It didn't, they didn't seem to add any, any spice to it. That, that's my opinion. And I'm sure you you would have a more informed uh, opinions on your, on your illustrious panel there. There were certain <laughs> aspects of it. I really enjoyed but, sorry, I heard Queenie, good go ahead. Oh, I agree with I, him completely. It's it, oh, the whole <laughs> the Rocky Horror, like the whole the new Rocky Horror was just trite to me. It felt like just like they were talking down to us, you know, like didn't add anything new. It just was like a regurgitation of it without any of the pizzazz that made Rocky Horror. Yeah. It, it was also I mean, like Kenny Ortega of High School Musical fame. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so could, cool. could we yeah. really expect anything other than kind of a Disney-fied version? No, mm-hmm. not with Kenny Ortega behind True. the helm. I mean, if if you want your cheesy High School Musical or to someone to produce your over lavish Michael Jackson concert tour. You hire Kenny Ortega. He knows how to do cheese like nobody else. But when it comes to edge or or any or choreography that's actually fluid, because uh, he's also a choreographer. Yeah, I, I was really instantly. upset with the choreography and time uh, warp, yeah. especially. Well, it's funny because I, I think the arrangements just took a lot of life out of the film itself. I I, I think it's also a, a problem with long shots. A lot of musicals do this. Uh, you know, I, I find it in the producers, the movie version of that. Long shots kill the energy. You can't shoot it like a show. You have to shoot it like a movie, even if it is a show. That's like Chicago works so well because that movie, even though they go in and out of theater and production, it's still cut like a film. So I think yeah, that's really what the problem was. But I, but I also I really have like an Chicago. issue. I don't, you know, I, I, it needs to be shot like a movie. But, you know, also, I don't want to diss too hard on this. First of all, it is aimed at high school kids. And if I learned about Rocky Horror Picture Show in high school, maybe it will revive a bunch of shadow casts. That would be cool. <laughs> I would have no issues you, with that. You know, if it, um, if it helps pay for some of Tim Curry's medicine, I guess it's all right. 
you know, there's that too. Um, I, I have a lot of issues with Laverna Cox's performance as Frankenfurter, and it's not what you would expect, but I actually think that she took the edge out of the movie, and, and you know, it ended up being one of the safest performances of Frankenfurter I have ever seen. Save one really nice ass slap during her, seduc- her seduction of Janet. Other than that, there wasn't much spice to her role at all. And, I, 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 you know, it, and Frankenfurter is one of those people, the first time I watched Rocky Horror, it made me question myself as a woman. <laughs> and I didn't right. even know that I had those questions, you know what I'm saying? I'm in high school. Sure. I don't have those questions yet. <laughs> yeah. But it also was like, but also, I was already a fan of Tim Curry, and I already knew the music going into Rocky Horror. I wasn't a virgin that way. But I did go to lingerie night, my first Rocky Horror. And guess what? It was my first date with my future husband, believe it or oh, not. There are so many <laughs> so, stories like that. There are so many stories like that. So many people that I've worked with, producers, uh, a film, a film organizers, convention organizers, have a story like that where, you know, they met their future husband at Rocky Horror, they met their wife at Rocky Horror, they were in the cast together, or they just went. Uh, it's amazing uh, how many weirdos that, that uh, production has brought together. Yeah, and Glee, and this is what I find funny about Fox's production. Glee did an episode where they tried to do an, a, a, a production of Rocky Horror and decided that right. they couldn't do it justice because they couldn't do it edgy enough. So Fox clearly isn't listening to their own showrunners. <laughs> I wanted to point that out. But uh, Yeah, you know, well, I guess, and I guess the success of the Glee version really opened the door for, for this thing that's happening now. But wouldn't you say? Which is ironic if you think about it, because once again, they're yeah. saying, no, you know, they can't really do it. You know, you can't really do these numbers with a high school cast, you know. So. Uh, but, yeah, you know well, especially I mean, not on network television. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, you know, so, well, that also actually, I think, speaks more to network television than the actual production yeah. is that, you know, now I'm watching cable and they're cussing. Did you see The Walking Dead? Like, parents, teacher, counsel just said that they thought it was the most violent episode of television ever. And I'm like, really? Oh, Have I you didn't, seen I the didn't rest see of the it, show? No, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? right. Do you I not know the TV MA before and after or the graphic violence stuff that comes up every single commercial break that warned you? Yeah. You know, I mean, Go ahead. No, yeah, I know there's plenty of warnings, certainly. And and I don't understand. I I mean, to be honest, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I guess those people have to justify their jobs in some way, because I sort of feel like uh, on television, just about anything goes these days. Um, yeah, well, when they yeah. the day they killed my favorite series, Friday the Thirteenth, the series, I lost all yes. credibility with me. They they could suck it after they made they forced that series <laughs> to cancel. Are you talking about the one in syndication with the antique store? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Where they would they would yeah. go. <laughs> The Scooby Gang would go out and collect artifacts and bring them back. Yes, I remember it now. Yes, yes, yes I watch I love that show. And the parent teacher. That was council, a good show. Uh, it was fun. They 
they boycotted the advertisers. It was one of the most successful boycotts of advertising. All the advertising got yeah. pulled. It got canceled. Frank Mancuso Jr. produced some really violent stuff in the in the eighties with that show and with his War of the World remake. Sure, which wasn't that good, but violent. Very violent. Uh, yeah, I like. Um, I did like it though. I did watch that. I was tricked into watching that War of the Worlds remake more than once. Um, <laughs> that's how. That's a good way to describe it. Tricked. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I liked true. aspects of it. I liked the fact that it was the same aliens from the '50s a movie, only disguised. I thought all that stuff was very, very clever. Um, it just was a little dry. It has that problem, and again, I don't want to get into a, a nationalist thing, but it has that problem that a lot of Canadian produced sci-fi horror shows have. <laughs> and, I, and I hope that that's not a, just a straight aspect of Canada, but I, I, there, there were a lot of them, like the RoboCop <laughs> series and uh, uh, War of the Worlds and um, you know, Total Recall and a lot of those shows um, that are, uh, I guess, because they're cheaper to make in, in Canada, I guess. Um, oh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, I'm from Canada. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, right. Canada. Here's some, some arrogant, Canada. ugly American for you, Canada. <laughs> oh, but Canada did, did about a couple shows I like. Um, Lex was a Canadian show. That was actually oh, pretty yeah, good Lex science was fiction. Amazing. Lex was really good. I, uh, Lex. I was also thinking The Worst Witch. With Tim Curry, yes. even though the effects were super cheap. Oh my God, so cheap. We had Tim Curry, but dang I, it. I, I still actually think feel like Rowling I, stole it. But go ahead, Lobo. Yeah. Maybe I actually think it. like the worm has turned the worm has turned where now some of the best stuff is coming out of Canada. I, I actually think that it's completely turned around. It used to be made in Canada was the mark of 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 a sci fi horror horror stinker, but I, I actually think that that's completely turned uh, about face, and I think that some of the best stuff is coming these days is coming out of Australia and Canada. Well, what's Especially your favorite? The horror comedy. We do like horror comedy in Canada. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's uh, my favorite. Funny people, Trudy's, Stage Fright, Tucker and Dale. My girls have lost it. Hold on. All right, Let's bring it back. Lobo, what's your favorite Canadian films? Like the ones that are coming to your mind right now that you could recommend to my audience? Well, my favorite Canadian film is in a horror film. It's called The Big Crime Wave by John Pays. And it's about if anyone who is a creative person, it is a must viewing. It's very funny. There's some nods to Cronenberg and some horror stuff in it, but it's. It's a very weird film. It's shot in a style of a Canadian. It's shot in a style of a school film about a loner who lives above a little girl's garage. The story is told by a little girl about this guy who wants to write a made-up genre of film called color crime movies. Um, and uh, the main character doesn't talk. And uh, there's all these flashes of the movies he's writing. So it goes in and out of all these scripts, kind of pre-proto Barton Fink sort of thing. Um, uh, it's really amazing and it's funny and it's a, it's a cult movie and I would I would highly recommend it. it's one of my favorite films of all time. All right, well, that's awesome. Definitely now, have to uh, check it out. What, a follow-up question to favorite movies: What and this isn't necessarily your favorite film, but what is your favorite movie that you've ever hosted outside of obviously the Blob and and it can be something at Blob Fest. But what's the one that is your either your favorite or your go, or and or your go-to that you always end up like 
being I I, ha- I you know I'm I'm a big fan of Ed Wood uh and it was you know that was a a big part of me being drawn into the Plan 9 movie uh was because my uh, uh appreciation uh for for Ed Wood Plan 9 the original Plan 9 from Outer Space I think is uh my favorite move, one of my favorite movies uh, to host in 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 li- at live events, and it was fun to host it in the on the show too. Um, and it, it's a very strange kind of film because when you watch it, it always feels like it's three in the morning. <laughs> always three in but, the morning. I get that. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of Ed Wood myself. Uh, one of my favorites though is The Violet Years. Uh, which That's is a not a, a horror movie. Yeah, I no, Violet Years. But uh, a cult movie, certainly. <laughs> oh, most definitely. I, and also, because I'm also a fan of the band Ministry, and they use a sample from that movie in a song called So What? Uh, and so it's like, yeah, the whole world gets me. <laughs> you know, there's people like yeah, that yeah, he has- love this stuff. He has a whole universe, and he wrote a lot of uh, – Ed Wood wrote a lot of smut also. He wrote a lot of um, oh dime novels and pulp fiction, and he wrote under many aliases. And he also he also uh, did a lot of ghostwriting of other people's movies. So a lot of times if you're watching something that's just so bad that Ed Wood should have wrote it, he might have. Um, he's actually one of the more, more pro, one of the most prolific writers in, in America. He, 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 he was a Guinness Book fast typist. He could write a screenplay in two days. He could write a novel in five. And he wrote yeah. so many books, so many terrible books, so many terrible movies. He would write movies about uh, fetishes and transvestitism under fake doctors' names. Um, he was just incredibly, incredibly prolific. And it all kind, all of his – there's a great book called Hollywood Rat Race about uh, how to lose money in the movie industry by <laughs> – <laughs> or how to how to make movies and how I forgot he, he phrases it so well about how to how to go to Hollywood and make movies and fail. But ba- basically, he tells his whole story in a book called Hollywood Rat Race. Um, but his world is so rich. He lived in kind of a fantasy world populated by vampires and incompetent cops and you know transvestites. It was a magical place. That's what I actually try to tell people about the Tim Burton movie. I go, no, it's not a straightforward telling of what really happened to him. It would be the telling that Ed Wood would tell if he had a budget to tell his own life. That is the story that's he a, would do because it's through his lens. You know, everybody, everything's that's a, that's optimistic. Good. You know, sure. it's such a, uh, I, a, I saw a double feature of Ed Wood with Glenn or Glenda when it came out first run. Yeah. And uh, the, oh, third, the third feature was Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is, uh, talk about your triple bill. Uh, so, oh, wow. Uh, you know, That's marvelous. The, that, well, that was the California Theater in Berkeley, California, which is a great theater. Oh, my God. And, uh, you're making me all nostalgic for home. Uh, you know, I live out in Maryland now. And you live out in PA, right? Uh, you know, yes. You yeah, live out in the now. East Coast now. <laughs> So, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, I have something to say. Hey, uh, what, does my sexy witches have any questions for Mr. Lobo? <laughs> Silence. Silence. I mostly just have a lot of commentary. I don't ever have questions. <laughs> oh, you should have some commentary. Someday I'm going to upload, like, crickets chirping, and every time there's dead air, I'm just going to hit that. Just so you know, ladies. Uh, <laughs> so, Quick, um, quickly, so, quickly so we, about it. Should, no, it shouldn't be crickets. It should be uh, one of Queenie's wolf house. 
Well, no, no, no. I think That's a good one. Go ahead, Lobo. I was, I was just going to say quickly about ahead. Yeah, quickly about Ed Wood. Oh, well, get, well, you can ask the question, but quickly about Ed Wood, yeah. I, about the movie Ed Wood, the Tim Burton film. It's not historically accurate. I've actually worked on a couple of documentaries about Ed Wood. Um, one called no, Citizen Wood, which is on, on the Mystery Science Theater um, box set. Uh, I, I did a one called Citizen Wood. Um, but I remember that. The, the, um, Basically, the way I describe it, I like your description, though, of it being the movie he would make about his own life. But I always say that it's it's a Back to the Future movie. It's 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 a comedy with historical characters in it, um, and uh, it's a great comedy, and it, it, and it has historical aspects to it. It certain and it certainly has the feel right because the thing about Ed Wood, which I think is the most important thing is that he did keep making movies despite the fact that he didn't have any right to. And he was, he had all these people uh, who were, who helped him and, and they were all kind of the misfits, you know, and, and these were all the people who somehow were, they were laughed at and made fun of and they just let that criticism roll off their back and just did it anyway. And I just think that that's such a great uh, lesson to anyone who's trying to do something artistically. Well, Tommy Wiseau just got another film greenlit, a follow-up to The Room, so anything oh, is possible. Oh, how is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. It is. But you know what? Guess what, Lobo, before you go, because I know we were talking, I, I, I have a caller, so I think we should take oh. it, because, you know, okay. we're, we're, we technically are a live call-in show, and there's actually might be quite an audience tonight, because uh, you don't know, we're in the middle of our annual uh, Halloween contest here, which is the Halloween horror movie marathon, madness, madness, madness. Uh, and uh, madness. You know, and madness. so if they call in, I'm giving them five points tonight. So let's see if it's one of our contestants or if it's not. Hello, you okay. are on with the Sex and Witches 740 area code. Well, unfortunately, it, I'm not one of the contestants this year. I'm actually a judge. Oh, that's so great. Hello. This is one of my judges. This is uh, Eric Polk. Eric Polk, you're on with the Sexy Witches and Mr. Lobo. Do you have oh, a Mr. question Lobo. tonight for Mr. Lobo? Actually, no, I just wanted to check in and say hi to everybody. Wish them all a happy Halloween and hope everybody who's listening tonight on The Madness is enjoying it, too. It's been crazy mad madness, but uh, especially, with my, especially with my team, but it's, um, it's, 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 I've been having fun. Been having fun. <laughs> Happy Halloween, <laughs> Eric. Happy Halloween. Did, Happy Halloween. And you did name your team after Kiss. So, you know, Psycho Circus. Yeah, so, Paul. you know, it, it's living up to its name. Let's just put it that yeah, way. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, really quick, ha- uh, just thumbs up or down. Did you see the Rocky Horror Picture remake and the controversy hey. in Geekdom? Uh, I like you know I caught it between when they were doing the time warp and when uh, Doctor Frickenfurter was uh, conf- was confessing that that uh, he's just a sweet transvestite and I turned it off because I thought it was just it was like five minutes of pure flatness I couldn't watch, uh, I couldn't watch you know, it anymore. I I think that we need to sit on this movie and revisit it in a few months. I think that might actually decide it for us. But Mr. Lobo, um, we'll come back. We'll all come back uh, thirty years from tonight. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We'll come back and and we'll do a full scale critical analysis of Kenny Ortega. 
you know, I will have to say one thing. As much as I love to hate Kenny Lortega, he did he did direct Hocus Pocus, which is now a staple of sexy witchdom. So, you know, Gore Birch is in that movie. I mean, there's a lot of great things going on in that film. So I, I can't really completely diss on Kenny Ortega, though I love to hate him. Love to hate him. <laughs> anyway, um, Mr. Lobo, getting back to you and your wonderful stuff. I know you always have something brewing. What's coming up for you? Can you tell us so we can come see you live or watch your show? Or what is yes, next for you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, this, this weekend uh, I'm hosting um, Bride of Frankenstein on the 30th uh, at the Anthony Wayne Theater in Wayne, PA. Uh, that's, a, I believe, an 8 p.m. Uh, show. Uh, but I will also be in attendance for their Friday and Saturday program. They're showing uh, a creep show uh, and Ooh. Tales from the Crypt 1972. So Tales from the Crypt 1972 at the Anthony Wayne Theater uh, on the 28th. Uh, Creep Show on the 29th and Bride of Frankenstein on the 30th and you can come see Mr. Lobo in person uh, I will be hosting Bride of Frankenstein on the 30th with some commentary historically about the film and uh, it should be a really good time and, and I've also and uh, there's a 50, thank you yeah there's a 15 year anniversary episode of Cinema Insomnia which we've been putting together we actually found 24 episodes of the show that have never been seen before I mean, they've been seen before, right? but not since the not since they aired in 2001. So, um, <laughs> so we're we're kind of going through all our, uh, my embarrassing moments and putting them all together for a 15 uh, year anniversary show, and that will be on my Roku channel, which you can add. It is OSI 74. We're in the category movies and television. Uh, there's also a, a, a website OSI74.com, which you can watch programming on. Also. And there is a Cody app, so you can watch it on your Cody. There's a Vimeo channel. There's a lot of ways to watch. We're going to get this content to you wherever you're hiding. So uh, check um, it you out. You can always, post, always use my Sexy Witch uh, Facebook page as my platform, and you can always post anything you want on there, sir. I don't really care. And, and I believe Thank I already you. have your, your screening for one of your, your, one of your screenings this weekend. I, I think I already have bookmarked on my event page. So if you want to see where he is, go to my event page and Archivist Bets with Sexy Witches or go to his, uh, you know, his uh, webpage, OSI74.com, right? I got that right. And, uh, right. you know, and, and Mr. Lobo has a Facebook page. There's also a couple of horror hosting groups, which we both have uh, are members of on Facebook as well. Horror hosting has seemed to be making a small resurgence. I think it has a lot to do with our generation because we were kind of raised by these people. Uh, mm-hmm. Bob Wilkinson just sure. raised me in horror. He also taught me about Sam Raimi and anime. So basically my geekdom is completely devoted. And with my father's historical background, that's why I'm now an archivist. So, you know, between them and Ray Harryhausen, the world is a wonderful place. And thank you, sir, for coming on the show. I'm really honored. Uh, Any final thoughts? And uh, we're going to talk about my contest here in a minute. You're welcome to stay on, but I know that you probably have lots to do because you're way cooler and much more busy than I am. (laughs) Well, well, things are very, very busy right now. Uh, I I, I will leave you with this. You were, you were saying that that Halloween was the time of year where everybody uh, gets to dress up. And I'd like to turn that around and say, I I believe this time of year, everybody gets to actually be themselves. 
Um, uh, that is definitely true to an extent, but like us crazy people, I mean, heck, we were dressed up in summertime. I went to in fact, I, I always say you don't trust anyone who's not wearing a costume. I often say that. Uh, I, I wore my first cosplay costume uh, this year at a horror contest, and that was actually a lot of fun. So maybe I'll be more brave and do more more stuff on in front of the camera because I usually behind it. So thank you again, sir, for being on thank the show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much. Watch horror films. Keep sure. America strong. Yeah. America strong. I am sure we are going to see each other at the Colonial Theater because Aaron has a membership, and you know we're up there for Splatter Fest usually. At least one of us is, and yes, I might I was. go back to Blob Fest at some point. You know, because it might depend on the lineup. It might just call me up there. So you know the col- the <laughs> so, Colonial uh, yeah the Colonial Theater is amazing. They have an incredible lineup. Anthony Wayne Theater also. You know any all your local theaters that have a cult movie uh, commitment. Uh, you know, I would encourage your viewers to go support those theaters because we want we want to see those movies on the big screen and and we want those mo- those theaters to stay around too. There's a lot of beautiful theaters that are parking lots now, so we we as movie fans we have to do our part. That's right. Thank you, sir. And for and, your local drivers. And happy well, Halloween! Happy Halloween! Happy to Halloween! Happy Happy Halloween to everyone. Thank you again, Mr. Lobo. Uh, y'all have to let yourself go because this thing doesn't let me hang up on you for some reason. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on uh, the Archivist Bet on Sexy Witches program. Yes, we have very so much enjoyed thank it. You so, thank, thank you. you. So that was Mr. Lobo of, you know, and he is a dear, and I'm so glad he came on. I'm so happy. Eric, I'm glad you're still on the line because we're going to talk madness here in about a minute. And I'm sure Excellent. you want to talk about madness. So, I'd um, love to. Yeah, so if there's any callers out there that are madness members, it is two to listen. Make sure it's included on your weekly summary for week four. But if you call mm-hmm. in, you get five points towards your weekly and this goes into your weekly total so guys this helps your team out uh what do we get so, for hosting uh, oh uh and no, uh, Aaron, you get a handicap so i'm giving you the five so uh, and i get the five too because i'm also actively playing this year uh because there was a bunch of people that succumbed in the first week and so i wanted to keep the yeah. teams competitive so i volunteered to join excuse me, Nathan Hamilton's uh, fucking clown shoes team. And so I've actually been counting my score as a score this year, uh, and I actually don't have a team. So uh, we have a caller. Let's see if it's one of our contestants. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. 714, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Hello, Sexy Witches. Uh, This is Sam, Sam Hain. Long time, first time. Uh, Love the show. Excellent. And I was calling about Hi. the uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show debate. Ooh, bring it! Ooh, I, bring I, it! I am All here. Right. I am here to praise the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. <laughs> Not bury it. I think it gets a solid B. What do you think about that? It was, see, I, I agree think with you. Need you to, uh, have resources and. Uh... <laughs> I think overall yeah. it was well done. For what it was. Show your work. (laughs) 
I, there was a few issues I took with it, but for the most part, I enjoyed it. Right on. All right. No. Yeah, I, 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 I think uh, the the lady doing uh, Frank Laverne uh, was maybe not as charismatic as some of the past. I think if we're comparing her to Tim Curry, that's just a uh, Sisyphusian task. No one's I, I would, be able I to would do never that. do that, by the way. I would never compare anybody to Tim Curry, cause he, but she has a right to make her, that role her own, and I don't feel she was able to do that at all. I, like, I, uh, she, I think Fox's, the problem was she probably compared herself too much to Tim because she really, 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 I mean, she's even said in interviews that she – is always wanted to play Frankenfurter ever since she saw it when she was younger. So I, I think she tried too hard to channel Tim and not be herself in the role. Well, I, but I've seen her women costuming play and range was amazing. Well, yeah, her, her costuming absolutely. was absolutely fly. And and you mentioned this comment about the floor show, Erin um, uh, Marie on on your Facebook page. And I will have yes. to say, Miss Justice in the gold. Lame, bustier, and tight. I want those lace panties. I really want those lace panties she had. (laughs) Let me ask you about costuming. Was was there an opportunity lost that Laverne Cox only wore women's clothes? I mean, isn't part of the charm of Frank that he is, to use a modern term, gender fluid? That's my issue, okay? This is the issue. Here's the controversy. Okay, now that it's they're playing, I've seen women play Frankenfurter, and when they do, they still play them as a transgender male. And she's not doing that. She's playing it as a woman, which is fine, but it changes the dynamic of Brad's character in particular because now he's no longer being seduced and coming out of the closet at the same time. He's now just cheating mm-hmm. on Janet. It, it, it weakened his character so much that I wasn't liking Brad until the floor show when I thought that hmm. the chemistry between Laverna Cox and Miss Justice was quite good, and they didn't allow that to develop at all because they were going verbatim to the script. The script is verbeat exactly the same. They did not divulge from the theatrical cut in that way, in any way, shape, or form, yet the performance was not nearly as vibrant. But also, we have to be fair. Rocky Horror Picture Show isn't a very good movie on its own. It really is the atmosphere of, uh, other than the music, I think the music's excellent, because I think Richard O'Brien can really write a fucking song. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the movie itself is a 70s, cheesy, musical movie. You know, we, it's been around for a long time, so it's familiar, but it, a lot, even people that were in the movie, remember, Tim Curry didn't even like the movie for like 20 years. So. He's right. Well, yeah, it's it's no can't stop the music with Ali Perrine and the Village People, but still, it's got some charm. I think it's a product of its time, so like it, it really is. feels it like a time capsule. So bringing it into the modern time doesn't work. Yeah, that's a well, very good you point. Know, it was, well, it was funny because you know, like I was saying this about when they did it at at the Rock at Rocky Horror Picture Show, they did the version uh, at. That cares, you know, and uh, here's a bunch of us old timers yelling all the stuff in the back, and then we realize, wait a minute, it's not even allowed to call this line out anymore. What do we do? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, do we say traditional to the audience participation script, or we just mumble it? So a lot of us just went <laughs> and got through it because certain lines in it are no longer allowed. You know, it, it, it's not even that it's not PC; it's PC. something that's not done anymore. 
You know, right. I, I don't think I don't want to live in a world where where Rocky Horror is PC. I think that is kind of an yeah. issue, honestly. You know, uh, you that know, brings uh, up man. another point that I was wondering about. I was actually wondering if there was a factor in toning down the sexuality that it was on network TV. Oh, absolutely. I think it was a big part of it. Because this was a PG-13 I mean, version. It was not an R-rated version. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the, the one we the saw. Only, the only diversion in script that was at all was that they took Janet and, and Brad and aged them back. They said that they were high school sweethearts and that the professor was their teacher in high school. In the original script, he's not. He's their college professor. Uh, so, and you know, they met in his class. That they kept right. there. So, so they weren't aiming it at high school students. This is a high school version of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a needed thing. I think that kids will nope. find it on their own. You know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Did, did I what? came out with you that. You did not need this kind of version. Hmm. No, I mean, I don't think it's a. I, I think it's not going. To, it's just going to get forgotten. I think that's ultimately what the TV version is going to happen. It's just like, oh, it was this interesting thing, and and you know, hmm. oh well, you know. I also think that if they did it live, if they actually performed it live for the uh, for a broadcast audience, it would actually have been better. Because it would have, like I said, a lot of it has to do with the direction is sucking the life out of the angles and the production numbers. You know, they you can't did, do that. You can't w- wide shot. They did an so anniversary much. version of the show with just uh, individual numbers from the show done by guest stars. Uh, the gentleman who played Will on Will and Grace, I remember doing Sweet Transvestite would be pretty good. And that actually worked pretty well now that you mention it. Yes, it did. Yeah. He did an excellent yeah. job. I just I've remember also that. I can't remember okay, the I, name. I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was um, he was in Rent. Uh, and oh my gosh, Jesse is it? His, oh god, he, I've seen him do a version, which is amazing as well. Plus, I've seen um, Julian McCann do a version, who was um, Doctor Doom in in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, he does a fabulous Frankenstein. I saw Rocky Rocky Horror Show on Broadway, and Dick Cavett was the narrator, and Luke Perry was Brad fucking Majors. It was fantastic. <laughs> that was the that was the one that won the Tony that year. Uh, it was really cool the Tony, and I'll, Dick Cavett as a narrator was the best, the best. I loved him Speaking so of much. Tony's, he was so good. Oh my god. Go ahead. Speaking of the Tony Awards, uh, does anyone know what Ben Vereen was doing? I didn't get to see them this year. I was no, no, on the ben road. Vereen, so. No, no, Ben Vereen as uh, uh, Dr. Scott. What, what, oh, what was he ben, doing? Yeah. Ben Vereen was Dr. Scott. Oh, yeah. He was right. Dr. Totally Scott. Forgot. Yeah, what, what, but I what was that? What, well, I don't know. I didn't get was. it. I, I, I totally don't you. get what he was doing. I, 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 I don't know. I, like I <laughs> that was the but, single you know, biggest bit of weirdness for me. It was super weird. Right, well, so let's let's beat up on Rocky Horror Glee show. Actually, Glee was even against doing a Rocky Horror. As I said, Glee didn't like it, thought you couldn't do it. But anyway, alright, let's move on to the next uh, subject because we have a lot to talk about tonight. Aaron, you want to stay on? We're about to talk madness. Do you want to talk yeah, about madness on. with us? 
All right, yeah, so bring on some madness, oh, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Captain Happy Show, sorry me. <laughs> Captain Happy. Let me get out my magic mirror. I see Bobby. I see Susie. I see Billy. <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the middle of the ninth annual Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Fagnus. Actually, we're almost done. We're in the fourth week, fourth and final week. It ends all on Halloween morning, uh, November 1st, sunrise. We've been watching, I mean, we've been watching scary movies and of all kinds, and especially in particular scary clowns, and uh, all of us have been doing it. So I'm a contestant, Erin Marie is a contestant, Queenie Tom is a judge, and Erin is also on the West Coast, a contestant. So first things first, I'm going to bring on a quick guest host to ask you a very important question, so hold on just for a moment. Clown shoes for life. <laughs> Hello. Chilling joke. Psychosurgeries. What? <laughs> Hello. 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 genius. Hello. My name is Ray, and we're going to start talking about evil clowns. Oh, we are. Okay. What's your favorite evil uh, clown, evil genius? Uh, I love, like, actually it's not like a clown clown, it's like the whole movie. <laughs> it's evil clowns and rabbits. I started wa- I watched it and I loved it. <laughs> nice. That's my girl. <laughs> you got good taste. Yes. <laughs> oh, killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> it's a classic. That's what I started my clown madness with. <laughs> Mine too. What is, your, mind, what is your favorite clown movie? It. Mm. Mm. Who wants to go first? <laughs> mm. I love well, me some Pennywise. Yeah, I think I got. I think I got to go with the with the killer clowns from outer space. All of them, yeah, especially the one, especially oh. the one that's. That little tiny one that keeps, that keeps like throwing pies and another big grin on his face. He's, I think he's freaking hilarious. Yeah. You think I like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. the balloon animal dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I like the joke. My favorite clown from that movie is the one, one that like that throws popcorn. Oh yeah! I those two are my favorites. I like the clown with the tearaway face from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's points from for Amani Singh, and (laughs) Tiktok Rauke has six points for that movie for Amani Singh. Yeah. When you're older, you can play with us. Mm. They all float down He's there. He's already in training. <laughs> 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 That's the point better 
better than I do. <laughs> I'm a judge. <laughs> Are you going to yeah. host with us, Lily? Not forever. <laughs> Not forever. But Not forever. Your birthday is tomorrow, correct? Yes. Happy birthday. Happy yes. birthday. <laughs> so, how old are you going to be? I'm seven. Seven? Seven's a good number. Yeah, that's a lucky, that's a lucky number. <laughs> tonight you can write out your age tonight six time, uh, three times, though. So you want to write on a page six, six, six. So you can remember being six. <laughs> Good one. Bye. 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 I was a great host. <laughs> yes, you were. Was a great host. Yes. <laughs> that was my birthday present to her. She really wanted to be on the air to talk about killer clowns from outer space, so I said I would. So, nice. um, so, yeah. so let me start with Erin Marie because I got to now fix my headset. It's all busted. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite clown movie that you've seen since The Madness? Something you haven't seen before. What was it? Since The Madness, Stitches. Stitches was by far my favorite. Like, I actually want a sequel yeah. to that. That was funny as hell. He uh, was I great. Especially, especially when he kept calling the kids bastards. It's <laughs> just like... <laughs> There's like this out of breath smoking dead clown, and he's like, God damn it, you bastards. Will you just like die already? I, I, I would say that the one single greatest thing I've done on the Madness this year was introducing a lot of people to Stitches that had never seen it before. I, I actually was surprised how many people had not seen it. I was like, it's wow. A fun movie. I am yeah, not a slasher fan. You guys know that. And I think that is probably one of my favorite slashers of all time. It may, may be Stitches. I mean, it's just so good on so many levels. So many good kills. And it is. So many good kills. Yeah, but the bitchy the, Jay kid makes that movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I love, and I know you guys were calling her a bitch, but I think the performance from the girl that plays the mean girl is so good. She is so horrid yeah. and so funny hysterically funny and she has the best kill death of the whole movie i actually I think agree. That the, the, the umbrella the whole thing is just timed so perfectly like from her sliding down to it opening oh my god you i don't want to spoil it. it is that good it is deep my i would say if i did a list which we should do an episode guys of favorite slasher kills that might actually be a really fun episode to do that where we count fun. down our favorite oh, yeah. slasher kills I would say that my top ten slasher kills um, right up there is Jason X from uh, the, the the scene where he turns her into uh, liquid liquid ice and then smashes her face. It's probably my favorite single kill in the movie. I would say Stitches is right up there. <laughs> yeah, oh, really if cool. I had to choose a so, favorite kill from a movie, that would be difficult. But being beaten to death in a sleeping bag is pretty up there. <laughs> Putting Jennifer through a TV, that's probably my personal favorite. Welcome to Prime Time, oh, bitch! <laughs> yeah, one of my, fa- my favorite. Oh, well, in that same movie, one of my personal favorites, and the one that truly freaked me out in that film was the one where he grabs the kid with the puppet and pulls his veins out and walks yes. him off the building. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. yes. 
that that is actually uh, probably that that skill and, is great, but it's also fuck being disturbing. That was probably <laughs> one of my that was probably one of the first ever horror movie kills I ever saw when I was younger, and the reason oh, why Freddy Krueger haunted my nightmares. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, oh. Dream Warriors. I've talked about it before. That movie changed my, made me a fan of modern horror films. Because I was actually not a fan until that point. So I, maybe it's important to me. Uh, so yeah. go ahead. Who said O? Oh. I heard an O in there. Someone said O. Oh. Oh, no, it was me because I was thinking about Walker Stalker Atlanta this weekend, which I'm going to. Um, my sister ended up buying one photo op, and it's the horror icons photo op. So I get both Kane and Robert England in the same shot. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh I God. can't wait. You know, that's that's gore. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. And we well, you know Kane. Where's Kane Hodder? He's in Atlanta this coming up weekend. But yeah, we'll talk I, about I'm, that in a few minutes. I have, I have, I want to talk about it because I want to give specific time to Walker Stalker uh, at the, um, uh, you know, in, in with the, soon calendar. On the calendar. But, but I wanted to talk about a few other subjects uh, besides, first of all, the madness. No one's still called in. I hope they're listening. Uh, but you know, we, we the it's coming up. I would say stitches. Does anybody else want to throw out a film that they saw during the madness that they'd never seen that is now one of their favorite clown killer movies? Or movies in general. Did you anything that floored you? I was like, holy shit, I've never seen this before. I didn't see. You know what? I have Ooh. not seen up until up until last week. I did not see Trick or Treat from 2007. I, I bought it blind blind on DVD at Sam Goody's, and I watched it. And I'm like, why didn't I get a chance to see this earlier? It is so fucking good. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, I've kind of felt that way about a few things. It is a it is a major 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 blast, you know, especially the especially the the, the third installment, you know, when uh, Rhonda and all them, you know, she gets a prank pulled on her, and then all those kids that died in that bus accident down the Rock War, they come back to life, and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty darn good. Yeah, I re- I know I know which one floored me the most. I think it was Wolf Cop. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I really fucking loved Wolf Cop. That's, that's amazing. amazing. Oh my god. The scene in Wolf Cop where they play Moonlight Desires, I died. I died laughing so hard because I know who Gowan is. I've met Gowan, the singer of Moonlight Desires. <laughs> like he is so eighties, it's not funny. Like with the mullet and everything. And oh so my god. Clash in my head of like watching what's happening on screen and then seeing Gowan sing Moonlight Desires in my head. Sorry, I'm to share that with you guys. I can tell you the worst one I've seen this year. Oh, okay. oh, what's the worst movie? Uh, lesbian vampire killers. Oh my really? god. I, watching that. That. I read I thought that house was October that was pretty fucking bad. Oh, I've been watching a lot of campy movies, so I can't really call them bad. Like, I just saw Clown Camp Massacre, and, you know. I did too. Oh, my God. I almost completely forgot about Gravy. Gravy was fucking fantastic. Oh, Gravy is cool. No, Gravy is up for a fright meter. That's a cool movie. Uh, Yeah. um, That's the other one. Like, I was really, really happy with that one. I, I really liked rewatching The Invitation again. I really convinced that that movie is fantastic. Uh, and uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um, there's something else. Oh, it's not a movie, but it's my favorite ATB 
argument. And I wanted to talk about that real quick with you guys. Okay, so what's an ATB? That's our highest value, automatic triple bonus. Automatic and triple bonus. Mm-hmm. Means that it's our high, it's our most thematic you can get for the madness this year. And this year is killer clowns. So if a clown kills somebody or is killed, you get automatic triple bonus, which is in this case six for two minutes, for two hours. You don't have to worry about the points. But um, I got an argument for, you know, I get arguments here and there saying why it's justified for this and that. And the one that was my favorite and the one I accepted was Cabin in the Woods. I didn't even think about it being an automatic triple bonus. But the person yep. wrote to me and goes, yes, mm-hmm. because if you look earlier, he, there is a Pennywise in one of the cubicles moving around, and every single really? monster was let loose. So technically, mm-hmm. he's on a violent clown rampage, automatic triple bonus. And I was like, that's So that's my favorite six-pointer. And I actually bought Cabin in the Woods because I'm going to – I decided – I cemented to me that I think that's going to be my third late-night uh, New Year's party film, the ultimate fanboy <gasps> movie, choice. Cabin in the Woods. Yay! So, Good choice. So I have now – I have that now makes me happy. solidified – I officially have solidified my three movie choices for uh, for the show. We are opening before New Year's with a bunch of short fan film shorts, including the adult uh, Power Rangers that came out a year ago. We're going to revisit Harvard Wars and Troopers and a few of those, of course, because I have those on my tisk. And I think those courtesy of Aaron Kogan, who gave those to me. Uh, and uh, uh, and a couple other fan films that I'm going to highlight, and then we're going to have fireworks in New Year's, and then afterwards we are going to show um, this. We're going to start the night with the Raiders of the Lost Ark adaptation, which was the one that the kids did in the '80s, the shot for shot remake. So I got to go see it with the documentary, but we're going to actually show the adaptation, not the documentary. And then I'm going to follow it up with. Um, Either I was thinking, uh, uh, and then I was going to follow it up with a version of Star Wars called Cut Uncut, which is a fan film version of Star Wars, feature length that was cut from beginning to end by fans in six-second increments. And if you've oh, never yes. seen it, seen it's fantastic. I show. I Can't we just it watch Drunk Star Wars again? I really like Drunk Star huh? Wars. Yeah. Oh, didn't we watch Drunk yeah, Star Wars? Yeah. That fucking shit was awesome. Oh, oh, Drunk Wars, Drunk Wars, yes. Yes. And that's, and that's actually a commercial, <laughs> believe it or not. That's actually a commercial, <laughs> which cracks me up uh, for hard whiskey. It's a pretty good one, though. I love that video. Um, so uh, we could beforehand, you know, the, the the shorts program is always kind of fluid. It's kind of just getting people ready for New Year's. But anyway, so I now have my lineup, and and I also might have Black Dynamite queued up as well, just in case, because, you know, if no one's ever seen Black Dynamite, it would definitely fit into this roster pretty well. So I have four movies I could possibly use. So anyway, I digress. Let's talk more about the um, – I have a lot to talk about, not just the madness. Um, we also want to talk about the uh, a new elephant in the room, especially Queenie. I'm sure you have some ideas about this, because this is a big deal. Um, so yesterday, it was announced that Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool 2, and the original mm-hmm. Deadpool as well, walked off the set never to come back, and they are now a yep. directorless. Um, yeah. There was some questions. It was, originally, it was initially said it was over creative differences. IO9 did some pushing, and they found out it's not just creative differences. It was also about budget and tone. Uh, Tim Miller wanted mm-hmm. to hype up and make it a bigger film, more more stylized, 
more closer to what the other Marvel Universe films were. And Ryan Reynolds and the original production cast and all of them were like, no, we want to keep it as this weird, low-budget, quirky thing. We're not giving you any more money. Oh, and you have to cast this guy, and they, they don't. And he didn't want to do it. And so between those things, they walked off the job. Um, well, it could be for the best. I think I it mean, could be for the best. Could be. You know what? I would love to see, like, the Soska sisters. Because they get the character of Deadpool. They've loved it so since they were little this kids. This is why I wanted comics. to talk to you about this, Queenie. <laughs> this is serious. Oh, man, I, I want to talk to you about this. The Soskas were actually name dropped in another article I read today. Like a oh, very good. like on a re- on a real business mag. So they are actually there was so. a few people talking about to replace. Some of them were pretty obvious and won't take it, like Jean Favreau. Uh, but Soskas right. were there. They were mentioned as as Deadpool and understanding, and also they understand quick editing and, you know, yep. doing things on a low budget. Um, yes, I don't know. Do. We'll have to see. Queen. But it would be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I think you're oh. right. It, and I and I agree with you. They think it might be for the best because turning Deadpool yeah. into a big, lavish production might take all yeah, the time. No, you don't want to mess with the formula that works. Yeah, like that's, well, the yeah. first movie wasn't that. Obviously, why couldn't they just base it off of what the first movie was? Like, <laughs> you already have a formula. You already have a formula. Why ruin it? <laughs> you know, it worked. It made a big fucking money. Like, what was it, well, like the second movie? I, In the I box office? Right? Not only that, but Deadpool has a certain feel to it that just doesn't quite yeah. fit into the Marvel Universe of today. Exactly. Yeah. It has that whole meta, I mean, it's just, no. So I would love to see a crossover. I think that could totally happen. Like you know, Ooh. like you know, we we get them in I like want more uh, him and, <laughs> him, I'd like so to see him show up in, in Infinity War. Yeah, that would it, be lovely. Well, is it is it Colossus and X Men? So I mean, we could yes, do that, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. He, he was so, trying to win uh, Deadpool yeah. over. Yeah. It, he's one of the funniest things in Deadpool. I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie like you are, Queenie. But the scene where, where he's like, "You're just embarrassing yourself." It's just so funny. I was rolling. I was like, "Stop hitting Colossus! Come on, stop it! Oh no, he won't stop hitting Colossus!" Great, it was hysterical. Yeah. Anyway, so really well. You know about the fan yeah. petition that's going around to get Quentin Tarantino to direct it, right? No, no, please. No, 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 no. no. He's not a, no, no. Yeah. He's not even a comic fan. The Soska buzz was much more reliable from a better source. I, I'm going with that yeah. route. So, well, it's just you a know, fan petition, they, so they you want, know. Quentin's going to demand budget. They don't want to give budget to this. So, you know, I don't know. But QT, I don't know what QT thinks of the Marvel Universe. Actually, he said he doesn't like comic book movies, does he? No, I don't. I think so. he, I think he's just a movie guy. I think movies are yeah, his thing. Yeah, I, I don't remember. So uh, I've never so heard of him being a comic on. guy. No, I don't know. I have to look it up now. I'm going to be curious what QT thinks about the Marvel Universe. I know a lot of <laughs> directors are really annoyed by these films because they're choking out, they're choking their smaller films out of the theaters, and I, mm-hmm. I disagree with them on that. You know, I'd rather go see Werner Herzog than another Avengers movie. To be honest with you, you. Know, I think there's that's, that's for a both. false argument. That's a false argument. You know, if I want to see if, both. I want to see both. Exactly, movies. exactly. And no one's going to say, what? There's no Deadpool? Oh, I guess I'll go and see Wings of Desire then. 
That doesn't no, happen. that's just not how it works. But you also don't need to put half the theater with 15 screens and none of the theaters are full. You know, there's a problem yeah. there. You know, there, yeah. you know, that's really the issue. Too many prints. Uh, you know, so it would, would, you know, they're just proliferating all over our fucking theaters, you know, so yeah. save a few screens for the smaller people, you know, we like to see both movies, but speaking of small and, right. and hats off, and this one's also for Queenie, Queenie, I still yeah. haven't seen it yet, but the uh, Penny Drug still came to an end this weekend, and I wanted yeah. to know how you felt about it. I am enraged. I have a fury that is so geeky and so deep. <laughs> like, I am so mad at how things ended because they rushed it. They rushed the end of the series. They're just like, the end. That's it. You know, it felt yeah, like it's just tacked on. And, and what they did to Vanessa Ives, my you know favorite character, like, I just could No, she wouldn't have done that. She would not have gone to the dark side. This is the whole point of the show is her fighting that, you know, and watching yeah. her beautifully dance through it. Oh, <laughs> so bad. My feels. I have many feels. I well, wish I could have an opinion, but I watched like three episodes and thought it was boring. So. <laughs> well, the show is really good, is though. A... It's worth watching. I keep hearing this, but so I have so many others. I'm gonna try it. It's still in my queue, but I haven't still haven't watched it yet. I need really need to. But I know that the people that were fans of the show were fans of the show. And I just yes. saw Ava Green in Peregrine's uh, Home for Peculiar Children um, this weekend in the theaters, and she's really, really good movie. I, I love was her. surprised. Yeah. Uh, Ava Green was. I. I has made a. His last two movies have been pretty good. I thought Bright Eyes was pretty fucking good, and this one was pretty good, too. It was a fun adventure romp. My daughter loved every minute of it, which was great. And, uh, and she's like, this is scary, but boy, this is really good. <laughs> I'm like, yes, because right. it is. It's, it doesn't pull its punches. It's scary for the kids, and it's got a nice, fun storyline to follow with some interesting concepts on time and magic. And and it also took place in Black. Part of it took place in Blackpool Measure Beach, which is where I went this year in England, which is one of the oldest amusement boardwalk amusement parks in the country. And they had a the north the north pier. They put little little they they fixed it up and made it look all 1940s and stuff. It was so cute. Uh, so uh, yeah. So Ava Green's a good actress. I like her, and she's pretty good in that mm-hmm. movie. And so I really do want to see Penny Dreadful. I'm sorry it ended the way it did. Um, it's like yeah. Hannibal. I know, like, and I know who, if anyone wants to watch Penny Dreadful, all I, I warn you is that the ending is very abrupt, and you're not going to be happy. Well, you're not going to be satisfied. But the rest of the show is so satisfying. You can forgive it, you know? You knew that it was canceled. Well, like, they, they couldn't help it. Well, it's like Eric Polk and Hannibal. He was devastated at the last season. Oh, yeah. right, God. Eric? I didn't want... It's the same you know, thing. Hannibal's or been me with for Chuck. over a year now. Yeah, I've been with here for over a year now, and I'm still, I'm, I'm still like, numb from that ending. I'm like, what? You're going to do it like this? And I had to remember, yep. I remember rewinding it, like, two or three times. It's like, no, this can't... I mean, I wasn't mad because of the way it ended. I wanted to see more of it, because yep. I, I was... To get, the ending was that damn good. I'm like, you can't get it like this. You know? Well, that's Dick Mickelson. He's such a good actor. 
Like, you could tell they had more stories to tell with Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Like they were going to go somewhere with Hyde, and, yeah. you know, they were mm-hmm. building things up. And uh. We're not necessarily done with Hannibal, either. There's yeah, still, keep, yeah, you know, hearing, the possibility, fingers hearing. crossed. Brian no, Fuller is definitely behind it. Yeah, I'm really excited for the came cookbook out this week. Just in time for yeah. Halloween, right? Uh, that's pretty cute, the, <laughs> the Hannibal official cookbook. Um, but, you know, but Out With The Old and Penny Dreadful came in a new show in the last couple weeks. And I, well, and I actually have been, now I've caught up, I wanted to talk about it. Um, the Madness is one of the subgenres this year is Western, so I've been taking advantage of that and watching Westworld, which is on HBO. And uh, so has any of us besides myself seen Westworld? Yeah, I know Aaron Murray has. Oh, no, I haven't. To it. I haven't been able to. I don't have HBO. Completely addicted. Yeah. I love Westworld. Completely addicted. And absolutely my favorite character is Rodrigo Santoro's Outlaw. He is so entertaining. And so far he's only he in two hot. out of five episodes. Hot. <laughs> hot. Oh, God, yes. Hot. Hot. I've wanted to fuck that man hot. ever since Love Actually. That so. man is hot. Oh, my God. He's so cute. And that hat he wears, that leather hat with him. Uh-huh. Oh, my yeah, the, God. Uh, hot man. The Ooh. sex and death Sorry. thing in the last episode was pretty damn hot. Yes. Every um, Queenie, when you have a chance, it's pretty good. Um, it, it, cut, it actually takes out 30 years from when actually Yul Brenner's character went nuts. So they yep. actually do nice. reference the older film, which I found interesting. Um, there's shout-outs to its sequel as well in Episode 2 of Future World. Um, they, they've made the lobby of the new Westworld in the TV show look like the Future World uh, set from the yep, sequel. They sure did. So there's lots of shout-outs. Um, I also want to shout-out to Dark Discussions Podcast. They are starting a recap show on podcast called uh, Brothels... Um, was it bullets, brothels, and bots? So, if you want a good recap show, and they were mentioned in an article in a real newspaper the other day, I shared. I was so happy. Uh, you know, so, um, so Westworld is worth seeing, and uh, there's already recap podcasts popping up everywhere for this show. Uh, it it talks about sentientness and what it means to be human. Uh, and not just what it means to be human for the robots, but if you go to yeah. a gigantic game, game, basically, and this is what's mm-hmm. cool about it, Queenie, it's not just that it's, it's, it's a reenactment or live action role play. It's actually like a video game. You are gaming in this. There are moderate levels, there's hard levels, there's adventures that have hidden things. Second character is absolutely vile, villainous, terrible character, completely onto something. He's finding chestnuts and Easter eggs everywhere, like you would in like a video game we play now. Like so it's like imagine Mist in the Western, but it's actually real. Like you, you are in the Western world that you can play, you know, you're playing actually Mist characters. So characters can die, they shoot each other. Uh, there's 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 people that go this is what and this is horrid. There's people that actually go to this thing, and it's aimed at men. This is a real male-oriented universe. And one of the main characters, who's the oldest bot that's working at the time, too, uh, her whole goal is in her loop, because they put these uh, robots in loops, is that she has to get murdered and raped, and her whole family in front of her every fucking night. 
Can you imagine that? Pretty much, that's pretty much what um, what what is it? Evan Rachel Woods' freaking character is Dolores. That's what she is. Yes, Dolores. Yeah. yeah. My favorite line, referencing what you're talking about, my favorite line was when uh, the young guy who's playing the black hat uh, killed someone and took his gun and said, cool, level ben up. Ben Barnes. Yeah. Ben Barnes is playing no. that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, weapon level. Weapon upgrade. Yeah, weapon level. Weapon upgrade. There's a lot of... I don't think they've done enough about... about the video game aspect, though. Okay, now, um, when, when Anthony Hopkins... They're still to it as a theme park. Yes, but And when Anthony Hopkins was having it. that discussion with, with the money lady, mm-hmm. was was that an old remnant that he was tearing up of either medieval or Roman world? No, I think it was well, still um, Westworld. I, I don't think... Because it was way out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. It was way out in the middle of nowhere, but they were still, you know... But, uh, harvesting agave. But a lot. It, it has well, Spanish true, but, feel, the architecture. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the architecture. That's what I was looking at. And I saw a lot of, like, the the vases and stuff that kind of looked like it might be remnants of Roman world. And that's where I want to know where what happened to those. We have yet to well, see like, the Roman oh, world yeah, is going on at the same time as this. Yeah, I, I don't think they're reps or not. They haven't mentioned them once, other, other than there's, like I said, shout-outs in, in the design of the sets themselves on the show. Uh, yeah. uh, Westworld, I, I think, worth a watch uh, for sure. I'm actually totally on board for it. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Sandy Newton. Not a fan. I'm, oh, you're not? I, really. Oh, my God. I, like, Chronicles of Riddick is like, oh, my She took, oh, I could go on but I'm going to say. She was awesome. In this. She's really good, and and maybe it's maybe I don't know. I like her a lot in this movie as a show. She's she's really versatile, and I really like the idea like how like like there's two people that could do it the best on the show when they when they tell them that they have to go into like the sleep mode. She can turn it on like a like a top. Bing. She's suddenly an android, and so maybe yeah. that's. You know, she's good at playing androids. Uh, you know, Ever Rachel <laughs> One has perfect skin, so she looks like an android already. You know, <laughs> yeah, these are more androids than robot. I actually don't like calling them right. They call them hosts, and that's better because they're actually 3D printed and and uploaded with uh, software like we would do nowadays. I noticed There's a lot that. of subplots about code. Well, I think hosts they talk about are, code are a, lot. a designation of their role. I don't think. Every, I don't think every synthetic person in the park is a host. I think ones that are specifically tagged with the role of leading the guests through a, uh, a story are hosts. I think minor characters who are robots or whatever you want to call them are not referred to as hosts. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, the woman, you know, and also like the one host goes and looks at him and is like, well, if you can't tell, doesn't matter. Yeah. There's that too, you know. So if even though it's a robot, if you're shooting them and they look human, they bleed like a human, what does that say about you? Are you still corrupted like you killed a human being like you would? Or is mm. it uncanny valley and it doesn't matter? Which is something that people forget about. I, and I really, Roger Ebert talks about the uncanny valley. You know, the more that robots and androids become human, the you know, the more unnerving it gets to us because we really don't want us, things to be like us. 
you know. So <laughs> that, that's why that. I like the, uh, the the black hat, white hat, um, soon-to-be brother-in-law relationships. It's, yeah. It's both into oh, the yeah, spectrum I know. on that. So, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's cool. So uh, uh, there's a lot going on, lots of fun things for people that like computers, people that like science fiction about sentience, people that like stuff about gaming. There's all sorts of stuff going on. So it's a pretty good show. Now, a show that we uh, that I'm not watching that I know you guys are, of course, is The Walking Dead, also premiered. Oh, so yeah. what did we – and, and, well – Spoiler alert, because people of uh, 24 hours holding on to Walking Dead spoilers, I think, is long enough. If you if you haven't seen it with all the ways you can see streaming nowadays, you know, I, I really get yeah. annoyed with people that get mad at people spoiling things. Yeah, immediately after, sure, keep it down. Yeah, I, maybe a yeah if I don't want things spoiled, I avoid social media until I watch the episode. I'm tell. not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and no, can, and, there and, are and filters and now that you can download. There, there I are filters that will block Sundays any on Mondays message. anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's all good. But so, so I believe, and this is I'm coming from what I've read. Abrams and Glenn. Glenn is an original cast member from the beginning. Is that yeah. is yep. that right? Yeah. So and Abraham. And Abraham. I, I felt like yeah. I really needed a, a, a flashback scene from Rick during that episode when he was going through his little existential crisis on what to do with Negan and getting the axe. I really felt like I needed a small flashback to when Glenn saved his life. Just a little something about how important Glenn was. Do you want uh, Talking Dead after? I did. No, no, I didn't. They did a really nice little um, clip thing for Glenn, showing him right from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty good. He was one of the longest cast members on the show. Like he, he he's just yeah. season one, right? So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so we lose that yeah. episode one. It, it, you know, we hear his voice in episode you know, one. So I don't think they executed the 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 whole thing very well. Uh, you know, people really? are so angry. You can't piss off your audience and. There's one thing of frustrating your audience, which George R. R. Martin is excellent at. There's another thing about alienating your audience. And and I think that it, they, they tend to straddle that line a lot on Walking Dead. Uh, I gave up on it a long time ago myself. Um, uh, you know, but it, but I'm so glad that it's, there's still a cult following to it, and the books, the comic books are still pretty darn good. Um, so, which uh, is... Megan's revitalized the series. I would say that from what everyone's been saying, that, you know, what I've seen of him and what other people have, I'm glad to know that they put some energy back in the show. Um, yeah. There's nothing short of a complete reboot of the series. Yeah. You, yeah, after – because, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of The Walking Dead, and, I, and last season was stale as a five-year-old press. Hmm. You know, it was just so nice. Well, it, it was, was also building up to the big reveal of yeah. Megan, too. Yeah, and they were lulling us into a sense of complacency to really fuck with us. Yep, I agree. Know, and they did. You know, now we have a parad- <laughs> we have a paradigm shift because throughout the six seasons of The Walking Dead, Rick has been you know the top dog alpha alpha leader whatsoever. And now he's being sub. And now he's under the thumb of Negan and uh, his and his dominant his dominating army. So. Oh, I really thought Carl was going to lose that damn arm, too. I know. <laughs> it was just like, oh, but, God. 
Well, you know, I'm glad it's back for people that like it. Um, you know, Sunday nights are going to be, devo- uh, you know, there's a lot of my, well, Sunday nights. Now, now this is the first weekend that Westworld and and uh, Walking Dead are in direct competition with each other, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I have to wait to download Walking Sunday. Dead anyway, so it doesn't affect my watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, 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 I'm obviously going to be streaming Westworld, but um, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, with streaming, uh, the view is different now. So I mean, it's way different. People mm-hmm. will probably like, if, like I said, if you don't get to it on the live cast, most people watch it within 24 hours, and if, Usually, after 24 yeah. hours, I think spoiler alerts are completely allowed. So anyway, um, so uh, before we move on, because we have a little bit more to talk about tonight, um, does anybody want to talk about any new releases on? Netflix that they've been watching uh, that we haven't talked about yet. Mm, Any genre, not just horror. I really haven't seen anything on Netflix other than when we had the viewing party here a couple weeks ago. So the last (laughs) time I saw, I really saw. I've been using Shutter more than Netflix right now. Yeah, I mean, or is there any favorite things in general? I mean, what are we, uh, Queenie? What are you doing for Halloween this year? Um, I'm hanging out with some friends and gonna dress up as my clown and go be a clown and scare some people. <laughs> Yay! Just be careful who you scare. <laughs> so, oh, I know. What about you, Eric? Pope? So they don't want to mess with me. Oh, claws right now. Oh, just I'm just gonna just keep it just keep it simple and just pass out you know can to the little kids and stuff. So nothing, nothing nothing spectacular. I'm gonna go see. Uh, Rift Tracks Carnival of Souls here on Thursday, so that's about the uh, most... Yes. Nice. Yeah, I can't... Yeah, yeah good can't choice. Wait. And I'm giving a special bonus for that for anybody that's listening. Um, the Rift Tracks at Carnival of Souls will play on the 27th and then repeat again on the 31st, and I'm giving a 10 point for that if you go see it. So uh, make sure it's included on your on your uh, week four summary. So matter of fact, um, Harriet Branch and Dina both went to a special screening of Carnival Souls already in Orlando, and so because of that, I also gave them the 10 points since they saw it in the theater. So uh, yeah, so the uh, the the madness is moving along, and. Um, I want to move to the community calendar now, but Queenie, you're going to open it because one thing we haven't talked about yet is something that's very important to you. Oh, please talk about narrow-minded craft, please. <laughs> you want me to talk about my little shop? Of course. <laughs> um, well, here I'll even month, give I... you the community calendar music. You ready? Okay. You're the top of the bat. <laughs> All right, there. So please talk about your new shop, Marrow Minded Craft. Well, I opened a little witchy shop, Marrow Minded Craft, and I do all sorts of like weird bone art and um pagany things. I have some like little sachets that I sell for sleep when you have like nightmares and night terrors and such and you know, as someone who has these problems I, I use them myself, so I started making them when I was like a kid and Recently, I was like, you know what? I should just open up a shop, and I should just make all of my silly art and sell it. <laughs> you know, my husband supported me, and we've been talking about it for a while, and so I just decided to go for it because I didn't have anything to lose. Um, so, yeah, I have, like, a little store envy shop. Um, right now I have a 
opening sales because, you know, I just opened it, and I thought I'd celebrate by doing chair readings for people. So $20 chair readings at my shop. Um, I have levels of chair readings because I've been doing it since I was 16 years old, and I'm 35 now. So it's a long time. <laughs> um, Me, please. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm a baby crone. I'll be crone, your <laughs> What'd you say? I said I'll be your first customer. Oh, well, I would love to have you as a customer. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy doing tarot readings for people. It's it's something I'm really good at. And, you know, so, hey, I, I make things. <laughs> so if thing. you want some c- cool, like, spins on bones and paintings and cool creatures and stuff, please go to Meryl Minecraft. Um, she has a Facebook page. It's on Etsy. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, it's on Store and B. Oh, R and B. So uh and B. I can't hear. Pardon? It, maybe. Yeah, well, it's the on other Store one, right? Store and B. Yeah, Thor the other one. <laughs> yeah, Thor the other one. It's on. Yeah. So make sure you post that on the Facebook page. But anyway, uh, you know, we sure. gotta make sure so you can come check it out. So, and Aaron, you're next up. Aaron Marie, uh, please, yes. please, you, Walker Stalker in Atlanta. Walker Stalker's all over the country, but the big one is on Halloween weekend in the ATL. So please, oh, tell yeah. us what you're doing there. <laughs> uh, this will be my third year. I wasn't planning on going at all, especially the way my body has been reacting this year, but I could not pass up the opportunity once, of course, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was added to the cast. <laughs> Um, But there's also going to be a bunch of other people that I really want to see, including one person that's been on my bucket list for about four years now, which is Tommy Flanagan from Sons of Anarchy. But uh, I've met Kim Coates. Ron Perlman's going to be there. They've got Dennis O'Hare and John Carroll Lynch, who, of course, was Twisty the Clown (laughs) on Freak Show from American Horror Story. which is Evil Clown, yes. of course, and uh, and we both want to remind everybody, and I didn't know this till we watched The Madness, that he's also the lead in The Invitation. So, well, um, not so the lead, hot- but definitely one of the lead psychos. Yeah, and he's kind of a hottie uh, in his own weird way. Um, uh, kind of creepy. Okay. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no he's if, cool. if you're he's into bald actor. fat men, that's fine with me. But I, I love him. <laughs> great actor so I actually he reminds me of Paul for some reason uh, so anyway yeah he's creepy and cool so, so. Um, and I will be getting the, the horror icons photo out because I cannot pass up the opportunity to have Robert England and Kane Hodder in one photo uh, oh. I don't even want to know how much that, don't even tell me how much you're paying for that I mean I don't want oh, to no, know oh, not God. me Deirdre <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. all on Deirdre's dime but, you know, all the staples, including Norman Reedus, from all the, like, most of the cast, the principal cast but, of uh, Walking Walk Dead is, comes to Walker Sonner Atlanta. It is the premier event. So, oh, it is. Absolutely. This is the first year that I will actually be in the host hotel. The past two years, I haven't been able to get it. But um, So I'm actually going to be in Party Central for once, which will be very nice. <laughs> oh. So excellent. So have a good time with that. And um, so uh, is there anything else we want to bring up before I continue on? I do want to remind people once again, live this Thursday at 8 p.m. is Drift Tracks presents Carnival of Souls 
which will repeat uh, on the 31st. Uh, I'm giving a bonus for that of 10 points once again. If you go see that, Carnival of Souls is excellent, so go see that. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything else this Halloween we want to mention? I got a couple other things, but uh, anything we're, uh, uh, any, any events that people should know about? Well, uh, one thing I've happened to notice here recently is um, there's like theaters are running the original Halloween again all across the country. I mean, from, like Carmike Cinemas and Cinemark and very I think AMC is running it. Is uh, the theater chain is running it too? It's all it's all proliferating uh, this coming weekend on Saturday and Sunday. So if you guys are in the mood for watching it on the big screen, I mean, there you go. Classic horror film, one of my personal favorites. Yeah, and The Shining on the big screen too. too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I'm going to bow out, which is uh, happy Halloween, all uh, go Team Clown Shoes, and uh, happy <laughs> ah. birthday to uh, the happy birthday peoples. Yeah. And, about, oh, yeah. Before you go, Aaron. Oh, before you go, Aaron, yes. how was is, how is Elvira's performance at Not Scary Farm this year? So much fun. Um, again, she's just, uh, her material is funny, silly, self-deprecating, and uh, she's dancing up a storm. I I hope if she does as threatened quit someday, I hope she makes a compilation of the little intro films she does before she actually comes out on stage, because those are just priceless. Those are so much stinking fun. (laughs) And and she autographed lots of silly stuff for me. I'm, I'm hoping to get back this weekend and uh, buy a shirt for her to autograph, and maybe her huge ass beautiful coffee table book. Remind her that's not what show. I thought you were gonna say. She's got huge tracts of land. I I was trying all season to get out there to see Aaron and then I get this little thing in the mail it says I have to go to Northern California on the 15th and everything kind of got derailed so I had to go out for business and that kind of kills all my fun but um, I will try again next uh, next season I will always try but you have to come out here you know we have all, all right. these uh, world class amusement parks that you've never been to you know yep. Mr. Disney elitist so, you know, <laughs> you got to oh. come see some of this. New Year's, New so. Year's. No, no, New Year's absolutely. party is good, too. Plus, yeah, uh, so many things happening at your Bolger Shakespeare library that I'm so jealous about all the time. Yeah, I could drop you off there and I could go to work, you know. It's not exactly. that far from the archives. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, okay, so happy Halloween-y, y'all. Thank, thank you. Happy Halloween. You do get happy Halloween. Happy there. Halloween. That's five. Pure score, so that'll be awesome. Go mm-hmm. clown shoes. Uh, and I'm okay. also on clown shoes, so I can be I can be part of fucking clown shoes. All right, go fucking Do clown shoes. Thank you. <laughs> so much love to Aaron, my cousin, and he'll call in again. I'll probably have him call in on this on the on the uh, Star Wars episode, which is our final episode in December, because of course we're going to close out with Rogue One. Rogue and One. Hopefully. Yay. Hopefully. A review of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 season as well. So we hope that that would be nice. Um, Two more Halloween events before I continue onward. Well, there's a few, but the 201 is uh, local to me around here. First one's in Philadelphia at the International House, of course, is the famous Exhumed International 24 Hour Film Festival. 
Um, it's James, uh, James Harris, Doc Terror. He is, loves this festival so much he has it actually tattooed to his arm. Uh, and, um, it's 24 hours of horror films, retro, new ones. You don't know what you're going to get until it happens. And that's at the International House this weekend. And then at the A5 Silver here in Silver Spring at the big movie palace there. Get this, Erin Murray. It's awesome. We're having Halloween on the big screen. And this weekend, Gore Duvall hosts double feature of the original thing from outer space with John Carpenter's The Thing. So uh, those are really cool. So, uh, you know. Uh, this better be my last year. Walker Stalker, so I don't miss all the awesome shit. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of shit going. There's always a lot. Well, that's one thing I will say. The East Coast really does like to do it right when it comes to um, when it comes to Halloween. Uh, uh, yeah, Halloween. Whatever. I got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> I, got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is that? So anyway, um, there's also on the 28th um, up in Montreal, the biggest film festival of that week of this weekend coming up is the Montreal Requiem Film Festival, which is a big horror goth film festival. And and two of the um, media guests involved. Well, first there's a full Evil Dead reunion, which is members of the original cast, every single cast, including the new show. Uh, and they're also my boy, one of our local uh, local goth performers, a little indie guy, Richard Cardinal. Uh, he's also going to be up there, so shout out to Richard Cardinal. He's a, uh, he's a goth, live, creepy performer, you know, and he does some acting, too. Uh, so that's in Montreal on the 28th. But then we're going we're gonna to do a brief dip into November because we don't come back until, like, the 29th. So I wanted to shout out a few things in November as well. First of all, November 11th, this is – I never drop, talk about product drops, ladies and gentlemen, but since we're all gamers here – we all love consoles and, and retro consoles. On November 11th, Nintendo releases the NES Classic, which I really have to get one. Uh, oh, it's yeah. a smaller version yes. of the original Nintendo. It includes 30 original games, including all the first three Super Mario Brothers, both Castlevanias, which, by the way, I played the fuck out of Simon's Quest when I was a kid. Uh, to, you know, and um, of, and Legend of Zelda, plus many, many others. The only downside is it doesn't come with the gun, and there's no Duck Hunt, which I kind of wish it was Duck Hunt, because that would be, like, really an original console if you had Duck Hunt. Um, but here's what's cool about this console. Um, the controllers, first of all, are backwards compatible with the original Nintendo controllers from the eight, from the you know 90s, the, the original uh, 8-bit consoles. Uh, it also is forward compatible with the Wii U. So you can actually use those consoles in all three platforms. So uh, all the, the the original Nintendo controller. So and it's only sixty dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Do you remember how the much bargain. the original Nintendo fucking cost? And you got two games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got oh, Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers. That was it. <laughs> so yeah. so I I'm actually uh, I remember I was. I was the Atari generation, really. I was really a kid when Atari came out. I had ColecoVision. Out, and I was a little bit older when Nintendo. I remember ColecoVision, too. That's how old yeah, we are. Yeah, I had the Atari 2600 myself. Well, I had a fucking Odyssey, which was its direct competition, which is ridiculous. I actually looked up to see how much an Odyssey console goes for, and they go for about $30 now if they're in working order. So I might actually pick one up for nostalgia's sake. So, um so, anyway, I'd also I like uh, some Golden Axe. That'd be some great nostalgia if you want to go with Sega. Freaking uh, Golden Axe. Well, awesome. you know, they're making, 
they're making these consoles that they're selling in gaming stores, and, and Third Eye sells it in their gaming section. And it actually is really neat. It's like this, it's, all it is is like this thing with a bunch of slits, and it can fit different types of games, and it actually can fit Nintendo and Sega and a smaller, and, and your, your Game Boy original cartridges and, and your Atari 6400s. Uh, it's a really neat machine. Uh, so you can actually play Sega games if you know can get one of these things. I, I saw them they were for sale. But like I said, I think like this NES Classic though is going to sell. It's going to be the hottest shit this this uh, Christmas. Oh yeah, wait. Yeah. So, um, my boy Adolfo, um, he's got the his um, Adorta. Uh, he's the promoter of Days of the Dead. He has another one of his shows coming up in Chicago. Uh, so that's November 18th, and so we always want to give a shout-out to uh, Days of the Dead because they were the first uh, horror convention to give us a press pass, so thank you very much, Days of the Dead. Um, the, the, their headliners include Nature Boy Ric Flair, Alice Cooper, Ooh. Ray Park of the Fanning, yeah, I know, Ray Park of the Fanning <laughs> Menace, Judge Reinhold, which would be awesome, Anthony Michael yes. Hall, Shannon Elizabeth, Christine Swanson, Tony Todd, of course, which is always a good staple, Chris Sarandon, and well, we talked about Kane Hodder, who's the other frequent guest we love, Sid Haig. He's going to be there, too. So uh, that's November 18th. All the classics. Yep, absolutely. And the same day, if you're not into horror and you're into fantasy, and I know a bunch of us will probably be there. My daughter's already going, I want to see that movie with the guy with the suitcase. Yes, I know. Everyone wants to see the movie with the guy in the suitcase. And what she's returning to uh, is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That drops on the 18th. So that's a theatrical pick. I have no idea if it's going to be good or not. I'm a little bit leery of re-entering the the rolling universe. But it might pay off. Ready? Uh, What's his name? Eddie Redmayne is the star. Says mm-hmm. we all know, uh, and Colin, uh, Colin, not Colin first, the other Colin, Colin Farrell is in it, right? So uh, I, I, I like the book, but it's just a monster manual. Even though monster manuals arguably are some of my favorite reads, yes, I still read my the beginning book. of a trilogy. Five movies, five, five, five? movies. They announced Shit. five movies, five. Oh my it's god, ridiculous. I can't wait then. Yeah, because so, I love the world of Harry Potter. Now, I think we would be completely remiss if we didn't mention that uh, after as much as we talked about Rocky Horror this evening, that we did not mention that Tim Curry is going to be at Chiller this weekend. That's right. I totally forgot about Chiller Theater. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Chiller Theater is this weekend. Thank you for reminding yep. me. I knew there was something I was leaving off. Chiller Theater is always uh, always Halloween, and Tim Curry is there, and that's a big deal. One of the reasons why I would go up there and see him, <laughs> for sure. Um, who else you have no there? idea how upset I was that Deirdre had already purchased the tickets for Walker Stalker. I was like, oh, my God, can you give them back? I want to go see Tim Curry. All right. So, yeah, so I, I should give a shout-out to Chiller because we love them up in Parsippany, New Jersey. Tim Curry is the headliner. Barbara Eden from G- I Dream a Genie, Martin Landau, uh, the chick uh, from Suicide Squad that played the assassin. What's her name? Kara Sukahara. I believe she's in that also there. Tracy Lord, Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yep. Lisa Marie's <laughs> going to be there. The cast of that metal show, Scott Ian from Anthrax is going to be there. Tornado Orlando and the Dawn are going to be there. 
which is like ridiculous. And tie the wow. ribbon around the old oak tree happens to be the number one song in the country when I was born, which I always thought was awful. <laughs> but it's also pretty <laughs> funny. Um, so um, let's see. Uh, there's just it keeps going. Uh, Agent 99 from the original uh, Get Smart show. Barbara Feldon's gonna be there. Uh, who else is gonna be at this thing? Uh, the cast of The Warriors, my, including Michael Beck, who played Swan, the lead. Uh, he's gonna be there. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it could, and then there's a bunch of casts from Westworld and Game of Thrones, including Jeff Daniel Phillips, uh, Aaron Marie. She, he's going to be there. Um, well, the hot, the hot villain guy from Westworld in 31, the guy that played Jeff Daniel Phillips, who plays the evil clown. Uh, he's going to be there. Um, Nancy Allen, of course, from Carrie and Robocop. I love her. She's going to be there. Uh, you know, it just keeps going. I mean, there's so many people at Tiller Theater. Between that and Walker Stalker, I don't know how you could even, like, choose. I mean, honestly, it's ridiculous how many people are going to be at these two events. It's probably where all the horror geeks are going to be, as in either in Atlanta or in New Jersey. Big surprise. That's usually where they hang out. So, uh, so <laughs> shout out to Tiller Theater. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, now I'm going to dip back into November, and this is for Erin Marie. I wanted to make sure I mentioned it because there's a huge following, and we cover all fandoms, whether we like it or not. And I wanted to remind people on Netflix on the 25th of November, Gilmore Girls drops the new season. <laughs> Four episodes, that's it. But if you want your Gilmore Girls fix and see what happened to them, I don't, okay, you can. So here we go, Netflix once again. But I will say something about Netflix. They've been hitting that shit out of the park with their TV series. So, uh, you know, they seem to know what they're doing. So, you know, yep. I bet you they're going to have good good money with that. So, um, and well, getting back to cool things, you know, leaving Gilmore Girls. <laughs> no. November 27th is also, remind people, John Waters, my, one of my favorite people in the world, director. He starts, he's do, he starts his annual Christmas uh, spoken word tour. Uh, he'll be here in the Baltimore area on the 20th uh, of December. Uh, so if you want to catch one of the most interesting two hours of, of stage you can possibly have, go see John Waters' live spoken word shows. They are fascinating and if you can't go see him live look up on netflix i still think it's there uh, a filthy shame which is his uh one of his live tours they they recorded and it's so good and so funny uh and you can listen to this man talk forever he is so good so he's on i you know remember when i was amazing gentlemen when i was saying i was making a new dream list because i got jennifer aspinall and sarah trough off the top who would probably be the next few people to be on my list to be on the show john waters and elvira were the top two <laughs> so get me john oh, waters. i'd love oh, to have john waters and 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 Phil Lawlor is number three, but only because I think I can actually land him. <laughs> so, uh, oh, personally, I'm a Rhonda Shears girl, but that's because I grew up on the USA up all night. So, Oh, well, Rhonda Shears would be awesome. Uh, don't get me wrong. Any horror hosts that want to come on this mm-hmm. show, especially women horror hosts, please come on the show. We love horror hosts. This is a horror host friendly. I am the head hauntress after all, you know, this is a horror host. This is where my peeps live. So we, we love our horror hosts. So, 
Um, now, uh, I was teeing a little bit of the madness this year, but I was already planning to do it. Um, I gave a, a bonus, or well, actually I gave a handicap. Sometimes if, I'm, if there's something on that's important, like a presidential debate, uh, that would take away from madness time, but I think is important to watch, um, I give two points for the two hours that the debates. I, and a lot of people are like, you should have given us more. Well, maybe, but no, I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but I also gave, but um, I was planning for months and months to watch the Hamilton documentary on PBS. And I wanted, I actually gave a, Hamil, uh, a handicap to that, uh, which ended up being really, really good. And if you haven't seen it, it's great performances. It's not just about the musical. It's also about the history of Hamilton. They actually go to actual locations where a lot of these events took place. Uh, it's really fucking great. So, and there, you guys all know how much I love Hamilton. So I was already totally planning to do this anyways. But if you guys are really fed up with, with democracy at its worst, because we've seen some terrible things this year, Watch how democracy does work because it, even in those days, it was ugly, it was loud, it was not very nice, but yet these people came together and created something bigger than themselves. So it's possible for people to disagree to actually work towards a common goal. And I think that's the story we can take with Hamilton. And believe me, Thomas Jefferson and him, there was no love lost at all. So, you know. Uh, so anyway, that, that came out, but I, I digress, but also I wanted to remind people, if you don't want to do the hoity-toity PBS version on the 29th of November, so that's uh, the next time we're on air, too, uh, it, Drunk History has Lin-Manuel Miranda drinking and telling the story of Hamilton with Aubrey Plaza playing Aaron Burr. So, I mean, so, yeah, let's do that one instead. So, you know, if, if you don't want to do Hoity Toity, let's do Drunk History. I've been watching Drunk History, and this season hasn't been as good as seasons past, but it's still Drunk History, and it's still hysterical. So, um, and last but not least, um, I somewhere rumored to be an Eric Polk, this is for you. Um, uh-huh. MST3K is rumored to be premiering. Thanksgiving weekend for Turkey Day. That would yeah. be that would be a very appropriate. That would be amazing. Past. Yeah, it hasn't been confirmed yet. That would be it awesome. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but that's what the rumor is. Is the premiere is like um, the premiere in New York is like November 11th, so it's coming up. It's actually not very far away. So the first episode's mm-hmm. obviously Better completely done and in the can. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but. But they haven't actually announced the release date. They keep saying, but the rumor is it's Turkey Day Marathon. And I really hope so. Yeah, I I believe me. Thanksgiving, watching the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 would be exactly Mm -hmm. what I would do. Perfect start to the holiday season. Perfect start to the holiday season. Absolutely. So let's keep our fingers crossed and hope rumors are true. Because, yeah, you know, if, so. if it isn't true, I want to start it so it will happen anyways. <laughs> so, anyway. so that's it. I am done for the evening. I only have one more small business that we will pull out at the end. But does anybody have anything else they want to contribute, anything at all, about uh, anything coming up or anything they want to talk about? Go, you guys have the floor. 
you know, when you said Aaron Marie, I didn't think you were going with Gilmore Girls. I thought you were going to say Crazy Ex-Girlfriend premiered this past week because I've been so obsessed this year with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, I totally forgot about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, the new season drops. I forgot. So, yes, so that one's for you, too. And I know you love that show. So, anyway, Holy shit, Crazy yes. Ex-Girlfriend. I'm not putting in right now, so. I, I, I don't know if I like it yet, but I'm trying to give it a shot. But I put it aside while the madness was on because I've been watching things that madness count. So uh, lots of Halloween baking war shows, honestly, because that's all I seem to be able to get in. <laughs> but, I was I was introducing finally... I was introducing my sister to one of my favorite shows, Chuck, and damned if they're not taking it off Netflix November 1st, motherfuckers. And I'm just at the beginning of the fourth season, and I'm like, how am I supposed to watch two seasons in like three days? <laughs> They're taking a lot of things off of Netflix on November first. I was actually rather shocked. So like some of the lists they are taking. It was really bummer. So um Queenie, do you have any do you have any final thoughts for us, sweetie? Um No. <laughs> With everyone no. put me on the spot, I was like ah. <laughs> well, I hope everyone has a happy yeah. Halloween. Oh, well, yes. Everyone loves Halloween. Well, let, let, let's finish up then. And, Eric, thank you for coming on. And I want to thank Aaron for calling as well. And, of course, Mr. Lobo at the top. Thank you for coming on the show. It's all, you know, we, we had a really great Halloween episode talking about a little bit of everything and catching up. Our next show is going to be, like I said, November 29th, which is going to be a twofold event. It's our holiday episode where we talk about our favorite holiday things, but it's also going to be our best of it's, – it's going to be titled, These Are a Few of Our Favorite Things 2016, which is our best of episodes. So we're going to do those together at the same time and talk about not necessarily movies, though we will talk movies, but we're going to talk about our favorite things and recap our years and some of the best things that happened. And, boy, for the Sexy Witches, we actually had a pretty fucking monumental year. For our second yeah, year, we had press. <laughs> We all had press passes. We had great guests on the show, but it's not just about our show. We're going to talk about everything. We attended some amazing Whatever events. We, yeah, you know, 2016 was kind of hell in some ways, yet it wasn't boring. There was actually a lot going down. And, you know, so we'll talk about that. And, of course, I'll be able to talk a little bit more freely about the election because it'll be over. The hashtag goes away from Thank me. Thank God. So we can talk about it. Yeah, oh, holy shit. I'm in charge of my own precinct this year. What the fuck? Uh-huh. Yeah, congratulations on that, Erin Marie. Ellen Marie is running <laughs> yeah, So go and vote, motherfuckers, because you might meet your sexy porn witch. So go vote. Head go elections vote. official. So yes, so uh, our season finale for season two will be December 13th, and that'll also, and Eric Polk will probably be on that one as well, because it'll be our Rogue One episode. And like I said, it will also probably be. Our, our uh, hopefully our reviews of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So we yeah. keep our fingers crossed for that because yeah. um, we're going to talk and we'll talk about it. If it drops, we'll obviously talk about it on the 29th a little bit, but we want to talk about it more in detail on that episode. Uh, last but not least, I want to leave you tonight. We want to talk about uh, uh, you know, a lot of people have been dropping like flies, and there were so many in the, uh, over the weekend I could list. Uh, I, I was in shock how many people died. Uh, there was a comic book artist, a comedian, but the one that happened that like hit the hit my geek friends the most was um, Peter Burns, the lead singer of mm-hmm. Dead or Alive. He um, he passed at the age of 57 over the weekend. 
And so I wanted to make sure that we all gave a quick shout out. Does anybody want to say anything about Peter Burns? I know that Erin Marie did. Yes. Um, that was one of my, <laughs> other than, you know, a lot of people identified with Boy George or that was their first um, experience with androgyny in the 80s or gender fluid. But for me, it was Pete Burns. And I just, I was really sad to lose him. My, my husband, who's a big movie geek, um, he always said that Dead and Alive you know, was actually one of those bands that should have been bigger, bigger than it actually was. Uh, you know, and their hit "Baby Don't Play Say Goodbye" is my favorite song. Yeah, and they have a lot of. Good, I'm gonna go with their their "Spin Me Like a Record" because I only had a few minutes to upload tonight. But uh, uh, but yeah, the, you know, so maybe people revisit his music and 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 listen to it because it's actually kind of for for 80s new wave. It actually was rather innovative at the time. So um, so anyway. rest in peace to Peter Burns, dead at 57, which is way too young for anybody. And we'll go out tonight. So. Once again, everybody, blessed be and good film hunting. Happy Halloween. Happy sewing. Thank you once again to my callers, Eric Polk and Aaron Kogan, as well as Mr. Lobo, my guest caller in the first hour. Thank you, Queenie Todd, on, in, in on the West Coast for being on the show. You're welcome. And thank you, Erin Marie, we, as always, my sexy porn witch in Virginia. Good luck on being a precinct manager for the general election, and we'll find out what that's like on our next episode. And mm-hmm. thanks, everyone that's listening, and thank everyone who's been participating in the Halloween Horror Movie Madness. This has been actually a really fast, fun year, very active, very engaging and I love everyone that's been helping me or, or, or participating. You all have been great. So we're going to leave you tonight with Peter Burns and Dead and Alive. And, of course, the big 80s one-hit wonder, Spin Me like, spin me Around Like a Record. Thank you, sir. Rest in peace. Once again, blessed be and good film hunting.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.